Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Welcome into On The Pace on this Thursday edition. It's great to have your company as we're looking forward to a busy day in racing. But on the harness racing front, there's plenty happening and it's right across Australasia that's piquing our interest at the present time. Closer to home, we have Penrith Racing this evening with eight on that card. And then we have a regularly busy Friday as well before we roll along to Menangle on Saturday night with an eight-race Metropolitan card headlined by the Tatlow Stakes. Before then, the $450,000 WA Pacing Cup will be staged at Gloucester Park tomorrow evening and New South Wales will have representation. So shortly, we're going to catch up with uh, the trainer of our representative loyalist, uh, Joe Connolly, to discuss that horse's chances and then skip forward a few more days and within a week in fact next Tuesday the New Zealand Trotting Cup will be run for $750,000 and again New South Wales will be represented the lone Australian to head across to take on the two mile standing start contest is Swayze, he has arrived in Christchurch for Jason Grimson and Cameron Hart will partner uh, this presently unbeaten for the new stable gelding he's 8 from 8, we saw him win the Battle of Beersheba going back to just under two weeks ago now in emphatic fashion. And he's presently second favourite for the New Zealand Trotting Cup. Now, I guess his chances were dealt somewhat of a blow yesterday when the barrier draw was released. He came up with a second row draw of 13. However, uh, his major danger in the market and when everybody looks at the race shape as well is Akuda, and he has also come up with a second line draw of 15. So the two favourites for this year's New Zealand Trotting Cup are both drawn off the second row under these standing start conditions. I guess you never want to be uh, dictated to when it comes to your chances with a second row draw, but I don't think it's a horrific draw for Swayze being his first ever standing start. He has some horses to follow away and he won't be forced to, I guess, stand for too long being off the second row. So if we're to look for some positives for the Aussies, I think that there can be some. And he follows out a Republican Party at the start who's had plenty of standing start experience and has been racing quite well. So Akuda, on the other hand, he has a wide second row draw. And saying that, uh, he's probably not the swiftest of beginners at the best of times. So also for him, I guess there could be some positives. However, I doubt that he'll want Swayze to be landing in front of him uh, in this staying contest. We know how much of a dynamic front runner the Aussie is. So that's the New Zealand Trotting Cup. That is on Tuesday afternoon as part of a Big 12 race car. They have the Junior Free For All. Several other Group 1s, the Neverly R Final Four, the three-year-old fillies. Can Millwood Nike continue on her winning way? She has a horror gate. Uh, the size stakes final for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings is there as well. So that's going to be a great race day. And Michael Gear, and I'm sure, will bring you more than up to date with everything on Monday morning's edition of On The Pace in that half an hour time slot from 10.30. We raced at Bathurst last night. And Bernie Hewitt had a night out. He was able to win five of the eight races training-wise. And Jack Chappell had a night to remember as well. This young man we spoke to a few weeks ago, he drove three of those winners. Uh, So he, I should say, he drove three winners, two for the Bernie Hewitt stable and the other 
uh, came in the form of Rusty McCool for Peter uh, Keogh. So he had a great night, Jack Chappell, adding to his overall tally. Doug Hewitt also driving a double there last night. Just having a look at the New South Wales Trainers Premiership, if Bernie Hewitt can have a few more of those nights, he may give the uh, overall state Trainers Premiership a bit of a shake. Belinda McCarthy on 102, currently leading the way, but uh, Bernie and also... Uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, others to consider at the present time who are chasing down Belinda. Bernie Hewitt on 86, uh, but we can add the five to that shortly. Nathan Turnbull splitting them on 90. Uh, So there are a few uh, snapping at the heels of Belinda McCarthy with a few months to come, two months to come in the training and driving premierships and the overall premierships for New South Wales. Let's catch up with Joe Connolly and focus in on the WA Pacing Cup because that's to be staged tomorrow night at Gloucester Park and after the barrier draw on Monday afternoon, I'm sure Joe was thrilled with what transpired for his star pacer. Loyalists coming up with the inside gate in the $450,000 feature. Good morning to you, Joe. How are you? Morning, Britt. Really well. How are you? Excellent. Very well, thank you. I'm assuming, I know that you had to duck back home during uh, the last few weeks since Loyalist has been based uh, in WA, but I'm assuming you're back and uh, prepping your charge for tomorrow night. How is he? How are you? Yeah, no, he's good. Um, I got back over here on Tuesday and just to sort of put the final touches on him and, you know, all things seem to be really well. He's he's found his feet. He's, you know, he's settled back into to Mike Reed's stables where he's been before and he just seems a lot more comfortable now. Now he's had a couple of weeks here and, you know, he's eating well. He looks good. His track work's been good. So overall, very happy. You would have been so happy with that barrier draw on Monday afternoon. We know barrier draws in big races are vital, but you've had a bit of Gloucester Park experience now and it's even more so the case around uh, this smaller circuit. And I guess we even saw in the JP Straighten Cup that, Sometimes barrier two can be ordinary because it didn't shake out for him on that occasion. We'll talk about that in a little bit more depth shortly. But gate number one, uh, how excited were you? Yeah, I made a bit of noise in the office on Monday afternoon. I was uh, watching the live stream and, no, it was pretty exciting. You know, you come over here and on this track, you you need a bit of luck. You have to be on the fence. Um, There's really, you know, these horses are so evenly graded that it just comes down to who's going to get the best trip in the race. So... Yeah, defence is a massive plus. From gate one, we've got options, um, and it puts us right in the race. Let's go back to the JP Stratton Cup. Stage two weeks ago, we just arrived, and it was good for him to have a run, and uh, nice in a $100,000 race as well to be able to have a spin around. Things didn't really shake out for him. He left very well, but then he got shuffled quite a way back. What was your initial reaction and since that, have you gone back and have you been more impressed with the run? Because when I looked at the sectionals, his were actually very similar to the winner. It was just a case of not being able to, to make any ground. What was your reaction and what did Seaton have to say immediately post-race? Yeah, no, I was probably the same as you. My, my initial reaction was disappointed as sort of watching the run. I just thought he looked a little flat when he hit the line. But when we went back and analysed it, you know, he hadn't raced for a month. We'd missed a bit of work coming back from Victoria prior to that, we'd arrived back in Sydney with a heat wave. So we were a run short going in. Then we'd landed sort of for three and a half, four days earlier. And, you know, burning off the gate, we sort of were hoping to open up a bit of space on the fence and that didn't pan out. So once we got shuffled back, you need around this from trying to come around the quality of these horses, which is never going to happen. So when I sort of sat back and thought about it, we've only been beaten 11 metres. We did 
run similar times to what most of those horses were running for that final lap. You know, overall, you know, it wasn't as bad as it probably first looked. Um, so, you know, looking at bringing that into this race, we're on the pegs here. I'd expect it to be a whole lot sharper at the back end. Um, and, you know, we know we can compete with them. So, you know, it just gives a bit more confidence that this week we should be good to go. He was the quickest horse off the mobile in terms of early speed. He ran probably maybe half a length on Diego before that first turn came up and Seaton was aware pretty quickly that that wasn't going to transpire. So when the inside barrier draw came out on Monday, I'm sure that you're confident first and foremost that you won't be cross, so to speak, without wanting that to occur. And I'm sure yourself and Seaton still have to sit down and talk through tactics. And, of course, we won't uh, be asking you exactly what you want to do tomorrow night. But I guess what where would you like to see him in a perfect world be in this race? I've spoken to Seaton about this horse in the past on a few occasions. And I know that we know that he's a great sit sprinter. But I guess the other side of the coin is that you've come all this way and you've come up with a good barrier draw and there's no sprint lane at Gloucester Park. So what are you thinking? And will it be a case of you say to Seaton when he goes out there tomorrow night, this is in your hands and you have to make a decision on the spot? Yeah, more or less. I think... From my point of view, I'll just be telling him to make sure he's in front when he hits that first turn. Um, and then you'll be able to assess who's going to lob where around him. Yeah, I'd be happy probably to hold up um, if he thinks that's the right play. But at the same time, yeah, I don't want him to give some storm sitting 1-1 having not done much early because then I think when he gets out, we don't catch him. So it'll be up to Seaton just to work out you know, who's going to be where, try and position the horse where we're going to get a favourable trip and also not be too kind to those around us either at the same time. So, look, I, I don't, I can't see anyone crossing him. I think we've got the gate speed to hold pretty comfortably. Um, so it'll just be a call that he makes out on the track. What about the distance? His statistics say that it's a massive positive, and uh, particularly if he's on the fence line when we're going around that tighter turn in Gloucester Park circuit, it's got to be to an advantage of his, the extra trip with those out wider and behind him having to come around him. But the distance looks perfect for him. And I'm sure that that was a defining factor when you decided to come across for this race. Yeah, it definitely was. I think, you know, he's quite a quick little horse, you know, point to point, but his biggest asset is his staying ability. So, you know, mapping out races for him moving forward. We're looking for races like this where, you know, particularly on this small track, if you do happen to draw well, which we have, you know, he, he'll be very hard to get past from those that are behind him. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, we had to draw well, but we did. And, you know, I think, as you say, he follows speed so well that even if we do have a colour, I'd expect him to be right in the finish at the back end of the race. And he just needs a little bit of luck and he, he gets out and puts himself in, you know, in a position to win the race. Of course, it was a standing start when he won the Redcliffe Cup, but I guess it was under very similar conditions, staying trip around the smaller circuit, and he was able to succeed there in a, a really quick closing section. So what has he done since the JP Stratton? Because I guess over here, the sandy surfaces of a lot of the training tracks and uh, the difference in how they train, different weather, different conditions, has uh, no doubt meant a slight change in what he's done. But has he needed a, a little bit of work under his belt? And uh, from what you learnt during the Nullarbor campaign, uh, have you done anything differently? No, he hasn't needed too much. He's not a horse that costs a whole lot of work um, when he goes around. So it was just a matter of, you know, working him on feel and trying to make sure that, you know, he gets enough without cooking him in between. I didn't want to go the other way and put too much into him either. So, 
yeah, thankfully, Mike's got a, a couple of nice free-for-all horses over here that he's been able to work with, and he's just followed them around in track work. And, you know, he's racing good. He's found the line well each time. And, you know, you know the last couple of days, he's just been about trying to have... It's a matter of being doing without overdoing it. And, you know, I think we're probably pretty close to eating the balance right. What about for young Seton tomorrow night? Yourself and Seton Grimer have forged a great partnership. He's only 20 years of age. I believe it's his first group one. I'm sure there's been several conversations this week between you and he. How is how is he, uh, I guess, coping with maybe the pressure of now coming up with a good alley? And I'm sure he's full of confidence in this horse as well. But this is a, a big deal for both of you tomorrow night. Yeah, it looks really exciting. Um, and I'm really glad that, you know, he's able to get over here and take the drive, you know. He's earned it. Um, he's done a really good job with his horse so far. And, you know, I'd love to see him go out and, and run a good race on Friday. You know, I don't think the barrier adds any pressure. I think he probably takes it off a little bit. I mean, the, the tactics become pretty easily. You know, you go out and keep turning the left. Um, so, you know, he's, well, he's going to have to make a few decisions at the front end. You know, he's a really good front-running driver and he, he knows the horse can take a sit as well. So he's got the options there and either way, I think, you know, you'll find a way to put him in the finish. But no, definitely exciting to have him coming over and, yeah, he's looking forward to it as much as I am. And I think that he's made the race as well, yourself and Loyalist bringing him across because it's added this uh, real question mark element uh, to the race, particularly after the barrier draw. So, Obviously, tomorrow night is your major aim and safely through that win, lose or draw. Does he stick around in WA for a little while? Do you take him back home? And you've had such a, from the outside looking in, seemingly great time both during the Nullarbor and now during this campaign as well. I would assume that maybe the Nullarbor again early next year with the Fremantle Pacing Cup alongside, it could be, a, I guess, a, another opportunity to travel him. But is there any immediate plans with Loyalist? Uh, it's a bit up in the air at the moment. Books on a flight home just yet. We sort of just wanted to wait and see how he went in these couple of rounds. Just probably everything to stay. Just have a look at Foster Park once or twice more before he does come home. Um, yeah, we are in the novice with Inter Dominion, but at this stage, I'm probably leaning on not going that way. I think that might be a bit too much travel for him to, to fly back to the east coast and then truck up to Queensland in time for the first round of heat. So. At this stage, my thing is we'll probably stay here and have another run or two, and then we'll bring him home. And um, probably his next time in, we'll uh, we'll look at heading down to Victoria through January for their Carnival Cups races. I think. And of course, the Hunter Cup early in 2024, with several other lead-ups to that, which over the staying trip, as we know, Loyalist seems to really relish, uh, should be right in his wheelhouse. Well, best of luck tomorrow night, Joe. It's so exciting to see him come up with a good barrier drawer in this uh, rich race, $450,000 tomorrow night. He's going to run a bottler. I'm sure of that. Uh, we'll have coverage here on Sky Sports Radio on of course, across the channels of Sky tomorrow night for those on the Eastern Seaboard looking to uh, stick around it and cheer him home. Appreciate your time this morning. No, thank you, Ruth. I appreciate Joe Connolly joining us this morning here on Sky Sports Radio. He is a trainer of Loyalist who is heading across to, uh, well, he's in WA and is looking to take on the West 
best in the WA Pacing Cup tomorrow evening. He comes up with the inside draw. Loyalist, he's been a little easy in tab markets, but uh, you can just hear there from Joey. He's not wanting to commit one way or the other. He has options from that inside barrier draw. Uh, does Seaton Grimer when he jumps aboard tomorrow evening and he's going to run a great race there's no doubt about that loyalist coming up with uh, gate number one now in terms of race times uh, the WA Pacing Cup will be run at 10.24 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time it's race number five on that card out of Gloucester Park so it's not a a horrifically late night for those wanting to stay up and cheer him on which I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, in that Group 1 feature. So that's tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. We wish them all the very best of luck. So we're covering plenty of territory over the next week or so. Uh, closer to home tonight, Penrith. Then tomorrow, many eyes on Gloucester Park as well as Wagga and Newcastle racing locally. Then we have Menangle on Saturday evening before a lot of our attention will turn to Addington on Tuesday. Before then, though, the first of the Carnival of Cups, uh, I guess, uh, features. We know that the Carnival of Cups is going to continue uh, right across many of uh, the regions of New South Wales. But Cowra Race on Sunday and the first of the big-time cups with the bonuses attached to them, the $60,000 Cowra Cup, to be run on Sunday. We know Daryl Braithwaite will be there alongside a few other musical acts. There are still availabilities to grab your free tickets online. It is a, a ticketed event, but it is free. There is also some hospitality packages if you're wanting to get involved from that perspective as well. So head to the Harness Racing New South Wales Carnival Cup website for plenty more. We'll have uh, race fields through for that meeting a little later on today. Uh, this afternoon, they should be through, and I'm sure that they'll be quality races, particularly that Cowra Cup uh, is shaping as a very, very strong one. That's on the pace for this Thursday morning. Plenty more to come over the next few days. Of course, Michael Gearham will be back tomorrow morning from around this time to find you some winners, and I'm sure that he'll be focusing on in on uh, Menangle's Saturday night card of race.